Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. Yeah, we're talking about just some things that I think that as an investor, you need to know because I have lots of people walk in and go, well, this is my financial person and they work for an institution. <laughs> this is where we used to come from. I mean, they, all of us came from the banks, the big investment firms. And I just go, the likelihood of you actually following a lot of this, uh, the academic research is probably somewhere between slim and none. And I think that's why I think it, it's just if you understand it, I don't think you worry about investing as much if you understand this. I mean, don't you agree, Jim? Absolutely. I think uh, we talk about, you know, knowledgeable investor is tends to be a more successful investor and there's very good reasons for that. And people are, it's not that they don't want the good information, it's just it's not accessible. The 20, you know, you turn on the TV, you got a ticker 24-7. What's happening today? Mm -hmm. what's, what's the Fed going to do? What's, you know, all this oh, yeah, sure. trying to have some view of the future and then you're supposed to adjust to that, move your investments in a smart way and capture all the returns. But it just doesn't work that way. That's the message that people are given, though. Yeah. So when we talk about the warning signs, let me just, I'm going to go through, there's a little segment from Harry Markowitz, won the Nobel Prize in economics for market, you know, just how markets, how you put things together to maximize expected return for a given level of risk in an investment portfolio. It's efficient market hypothesis is the idea behind it. But here's how he describes this particular thing. I think this is really, really important as an investor that you get what he's saying right here. Okay, so just take a second and listen to this. The economists debate whether the market is efficient in the sense that the market takes into account all information in a perfectly rational way. Now, I don't think the market is always completely efficient. I think there have been ways in which people have acted clearly irrationally and have figured out how to lose money in the market. On the other hand, I don't think the market is easy to beat. In other words, I don't, uh, while I don't think the market is necessarily always precisely efficient, that everybody ask, acts rationally, I don't think that the, the market is sufficiently inefficient that somebody can go in and uh, easily beat it. Okay, so what he says here is he's talking about market efficiency. And the question is, do you know the three warning signs that you may be speculating with your money versus prudently investing it? And the idea here is, that when we speculate with our money, we're looking for mispricings in the stock market. We're looking for something that's selling for this price, and it's really, it's really worth more or it's worth less than that. If it's worth more, if we think it's worth more, we'll buy it at this low price and we'll sell it when it goes to the higher price, and that's where we make returns. And you say, well, you know, how many people do that, Paul? I mean, really, that's not, you know, oh, watch TV sometime. You know, open up for prospectus for mutual funds you own. Look at the turnover ratio in mutual funds you own. I was looking at a target day fund for, for Fidelity. And I just looked in an alphabetical order, the first three funds. First, no, four funds, excuse me. The first four funds in the target date fund for the year 2040. And each one of them had a turnover ratio that exceeded 50%. 
So they're selling, they've gotten rid of half the stocks over the course of the year and they replaced it with another set of stocks, half of them. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, th so that's it. So, you know, this is not, I'm not talking about the exception. I'm talking about the rule here. And you can open up the, like you mentioned, the prospectus. It'll say right there what they're trying to do. It will tell you most of the time what they're trying to do in terms of our goal is to outperform the S&P 500 by X percent a year. Or there's descriptions like that, and they're just telling you that they're going to be moving stuff around in an attempt to beat the market, so to speak. But if you look at the track records of companies doing that, they're disastrous. Yeah, exactly. So what he's talking about there, you'll hear him talk about that it's, you know, difficult markets, you know, try to find mispricings and, and you know, that, that, that it's hard to beat markets. And he talks about something that I think most people don't get regarding market efficiency and the idea that trying to find mispricings is, is a waste of time. But he kind of eludes the idea that sometimes it's not that things are necessarily priced properly. And what he's talking about right there is what is called strong and weak form market efficiency. And the idea of strong form is markets doesn't mean that markets are always properly priced. You know, it's not, it's not that there are never mispricings. It's just that investors can't find the mispricings and take advantage of them to increase returns. That's what he's talking about. Now, weak form is that idea that there are mispricings and they're, they're there, but they're hard to ferret out. You know, so in essence, it's a waste of time to try because you, know, it's, you don't know when you're right or when you're wrong. And, and you know, as Gene Fama, Nobel Prize winner from 2013 said, it might take you 60, 70 years to determine whether somebody's outperformance was due to skill or luck. You know, so how do you know what are the three warning signs? Go ahead. You want, you want to hit them, hit the, what the three warning signs are? Sure. Stock picking, okay. market timing, and track record investing or choosing investments based on past performance. So if you're trying to go, I, I, do I buy this stock or buy that stock over there? Which company do I really like based on what I think is going to happen in the future? That's stock picking. Market timing is saying, hey, you know, over the next couple of months, I think that, you know, you sell in May and go away is one of the most famous, you know, stock or market timing adages out there. You know, you need to sell because the market's going to go down and then you sell in May and you go away and then you repurchase back in like October or something like that, September, October, and you rebuy. That's, that's market timing. Or I think this president's bad for the market. I think we ought to be out of the market. And you're basically saying it's going to go down. And then when people come to their senses, then it's going to go back up. So I'll get in just before that happens. And we don't think about it as tactical asset allocation. We don't think about that as market timing, but it is indeed market timing. One of the craziest things I ever heard from an actual advisor was that, you know, his, his clients had for the year, and it was kind of mid-year something, and they had mm -hmm. already gotten about a 10% return. So he had pulled all their money out of the market thinking, okay, well, they got their 10%, their average return for this year. <laughs> and you go look at it, well, wait a minute. Uh, you're missing a lot of the returns in the markets because you may not have, it may be up 15, maybe up 20, maybe up 25, maybe up 30%. Well, exactly. Yeah. You don't know how the rest of that year is going to go out, but that was just his whole rationalization was they already captured their returns. So you didn't need to do anymore and could have left, you know, three times that on the table. 
And then the next year you're like going in and then it goes down 10%. You lost all your return for the year prior. It may have been up 30 and then down 10 and you would have gotten 20, right? Just use simple math. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, that you missed it because you weren't in there that other 20% upside of the prior year. Okay. So, you know, just to use that as an example. So yeah, that is a problem. So, you know, and the using past performance, looking at somebody's past track record and saying, well, this person seems to be really skilled. Therefore, they're going to continue to get that great performance in the future. You know, so hence, they're all myths is what we found. And hence, we want to stay away from that as in investors, because we don't want to invest based on myths. It's just not a really good idea. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning, is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. Uh, it talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that, debt, good debt, bad debt. We talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future. Types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts. Talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. If you want to find out more about that, you go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it. And I uh, hope you enjoy. So I had all the great intentions of getting through all of these in one hour, but thinking that this is just not going to happen. Things that we think you ought to know as an investor, because if you don't know these things, I just don't think you can have peace of mind and feeling you have any kind of rest regarding how you invest. So that's one of the things that we bring people through is just an education process. You don't have to know everything, but there are certain things that I think are really important. Uh, number five, do you have an academic understanding of how markets work? Now, we just talked about the three warning signs about speculating gambling. Well, if that's not where returns come from through stock selection and finding the best companies or getting in the market at the right time or getting out of the market at the right time or hiring somebody with the best one, three, five, 10 year track record, five years seems to be the magic number so often with people, then where do returns come from? And, you know, really gets down to cost of capital. You know, people have to pay to use your money. You know, banks have to pay interest to use your money. Bond issuers have to pay interest to borrow your money. With stocks, they have to pay you earnings of the company, and then you have capital appreciation, those types of things. But there's a cost to use your money. What would you add to that? Well, I just think we're, we're, when talking about the academic understanding, just where are people going to go out in the world to get this information? Because it's not readily available. It's certainly not what you're going to hear when you turn on one of the business channels. It's not what you're going to hear typically when you go in, sure. you know, to a broker deal or something like that. So it's just trying to, it's a very different perspective on investing than what people typically get, which is gambling, stock picking, market timing, track record investing. Right. Because the, the, that is more lucrative for the investing industry. Exactly. And so, and that's why we spend a lot of time on education and helping people just, you don't have to know everything that we know. You just, we want to teach you some of the basics, have you have a working knowledge of where the stuff comes from, where the, what's the cost of capital, why do returns exist? Right. And from a marketing standpoint, you look at those things and you go, well, gosh, yeah. If, if you're going to try to get me to buy something and buy a mutual fund, 
If you show me like a really hot track record, a really good track record, or you show me good research and you have these great research departments, or you show me that, you know, you've been written up in Money Magazine or Wall Street Journal or Forbes Magazine, or, you know, you hear that. Well, as seen in, you know, so-and-so, so these different magazines. Yeah, so many of the online uh, broke, brokerage services will tout, oh, we have these great online tools that are going to sure. help you sort through all this stuff. And and how are people, it's just, you know, you, you can give a dog a wrench, but doesn't mean you can fix your car. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., PWI, an investment advisor registered in the state of Tennessee. PWI does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. This information is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any securities.